0: Welcome to the South MIMS U podcast. As part of our creative writing course, we encourage writers to look at all aspects of their work, whether it's in fiction or non-fiction, writing books or articles, or working in the performing arts and media. We want them to complete the course with a well-rounded set of skills, and that includes writing their dedications and acknowledgements. In fact, the acknowledgements section is particularly important, especially if you've written a book. 99.9% of your readers won't even bother to scan it, but your most important readers will. And that's the point. Getting your acknowledgements right is important for your writing career. To explain why and how you should approach them, I have with me Kent McRae, who is our Reader in Acknowledgement Studies. Kent, that sounds like a very obscure speciality.
1: Oh, before I answer that, I'd like to thank my Uber driver, Tariq, without whom I would not have been able to get to the studio today, and make a special mention of my wife, who is, each and every day, a total inspiration, and I love her very much.
0: Oh, well, of course, yes. Ah, I see what you did there, very good
1: People love to be appreciated, they thrive on thanks When you share credit for something you've achieved With those who supported you, they support you even more Indeed, it's a natural desire for us
0: all Ah, but many writers forget that, the best ones though don't But aren't most acknowledgements sections just lists of names? Aren't they just a matter of courtesy? Well, mostly they are. And yes, courtesy and gratitude are are what
1: they are all about. But, But when you study acknowledgements closely, and I have over many years, something else emerges. Sometimes they are rich in information and even feeling. There are hidden stories in them. In many instances, the stories you can uncover in the acknowledgements are better than the books they're attached to. Well, I find that hard to believe. Well, that's probably because you uh, never read them. Well, I admit I don't. Well,
0: why should you? If you know the writer, you might head straight for the acknowledgements to see if you've been mentioned. I have actually been mentioned in two sets of acknowledgements and one dedication. Well, that's good going, though you are an academic, so it's probably par for the course. Uh, What was the uh, dedication for? A book of poetry. Mm, That's quite rare. My first husband. And what did the dedication say? She knows this is for her, now and forever. So he he didn't use your name? It was between us. It's touching.
1: It's rare for a dedication not to have a name in it, or names.
0: I valued it more that way.
1: Well, that is even more touching, if I may say so, and it sounds a bit sad. Let's stick to your research. Yes, 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 of course. So the dedication is up front. It's got to be short. I like them when they're like yours. Intriguing. Such as this one. For Beth, she dug the hole first. Is that real? Yes, it's from a horror novel. The writer cleverly name-checks his wife or girlfriend. We, we don't quite know who Beth is. And then alludes to a hole. The book is about a serial killer who buries his victims in random people's gardens. Oh,
0: that's horrible. Well,
1: it's not my kind of book either. But the dedication is instructive. The author immediately links writing the book to its story and suggests that the idea was one which Beth had something to do with.
0: Or it might be that, oh dear. What? I just had a horrible thought.
1: Mm, yes, it's a thought which does creep up on you. Uh, could Beth have been the serial killer on which the story is based? Or, or maybe a victim of the, of the writer who turns out to be the serial killer in real life? Well, that's a bit convoluted. it? It is, but that's what makes the dedication intriguing. So on my course, I teach students to be creative when they're writing their dedications.
0: Because it sets people up for the book. It does,
1: and it intrigues the reader about the author. An important factor in a reader's enjoyment of any book is their idea of the author. That's why famous authors get published, even though their books are terrible. The readers who like the author already whether it's because they're on TV or because they're sports heroes or politicians or whatever, will forgive the deadly prose or terrible stories because the author is famous, or at least they'll
0: just buy the book. Once they've bought the book, the royalties are a done deal. I see. So the dedication helps an unknown or lesser-known author get the reader on their side. Is that right?
1: Yes, I often advise authors to thank their pets. <laughs> if you've written a romance novel or even a thriller and you're an unknown, thank an animal. It works a treat. So, thank your pet? Yeah. Here's one that worked well for a first-time author who wrote a decidedly derivative romance about a girl who meets a hunk on a Greek island. She wrote in the dedication... Two Max, who sat underneath my desk the whole way through the writing of this book and barked when I wrote something special and growled when it was bad. Best Westie, best editor. Three exclamation marks. That's cute. Her sales were surprisingly good. Clever. Okay, so that's the dedications. The acknowledgements are, as I said, a richer source of insight into the writing of the book and... The mindset of the author.
0: I get the writing part because authors are thanking the people who helped them get the book written and then published. But what do you mean by mindset? Well let's stick to the
1: first part of that question, shall we? Yes, you're right. Acknowledgements are about thanking those who have assisted the writing and publishing of the book. But it's more than that. Like I said before, it's about the career of the writer. That's why you get, almost unfailingly effusive praise for agents, publishers, editors, and even, on occasion,
0: accountants. Right. The people you have to suck up to.
1: Indeed, at least until you're so famous and successful they have to suck up to you and then you don't even have to thank them anymore. Though, to be fair, most authors stay generous even if they make millions.
0: Writers are, deep down, nice people.
1: Well, mostly.
0: My first husband was. Well, well, well I'm sure he was. Uh, that dedication proved it. Thank you.
1: Uh, are, you uh, are you OK? I'm fine. Carry on. All right then, so most acknowledgements start with I am extremely grateful, or this book could not have been written without, and so on. You get longer acknowledgement sections in non-fiction than fiction books. In fact, I hate it when a fiction writer does a long list of acknowledgements. It just doesn't feel right. You start to suspect that the story wasn't a strong one to begin with. But that's just me. Many fiction writers thank people who have supported them during the writing of the book of course, uh, as well as institutions like festivals, foundations, writers retreats, that kind of thing. If the story is based on real events then you get some thanks for people who have helped in the research. Generally though, fiction books have more dedications, than they do acknowledgements. Yes, I've noticed that. Most acknowledgements, as I mentioned, are effusive about agents and so on. So you get lines like this, and this one is from a book by a journalist. I want to start by commending literary agent extraordinaire Derek Bassett for inspiring me to rethink my audience and continue broadening my lens beyond work and editor par excellence Judy Smith for believing in and developing the potential of these ideas. As always, it was a dream to work with both of them, and they offered the ideal blend of challenge and support. Now, you get that sort of thing a lot. Thanking the agent and editor and giving them credit for great insight, patience, creativity and forbearance, which gives the reader the idea that the creation of the book was a real trial of strength. Does that suggest the writer was difficult? Well, I think that's hidden in there. I mean, why would those agents and editors have had such a hard time, as, as the acknowledgments suggest? Was the first draft really terrible? I mean, you could infer that. I think, though, it's just a way of sharing credit for the book so that, well, the author gets commissioned to write another one. Acknowledgements are about sucking up. It's that simple. That's no surprise though, is it? Well, not at all. Then the acknowledgements go further. Many move on to members of the family. Here's more from that example I used before. Every day, being a parent shows me that we have the innate capacity to change our minds. As I finished writing this book, my son chief, wondered if there was a well of words beneath my desk from which I pulled the phrases and ideas I used in it. That was an inspiration as well as a great metaphor. Chief, you'll soon be in this trade with me, kid. Well, that's a tad twee and annoying, isn't it? It is very twee and very annoying. But it's the kind of thing that is appearing more and more. Well, if no one reads them, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. But then again, what's happening here is a writer using the acknowledgements not just to get more writing work, but to ensure that his family gets enough praise to support him or her as they embark on their next project, which would probably be quite onerous.
0: I didn't realise there were
1: things like that in acknowledgements. If you look, you'll find some gems. And there can be evidence, too.
0: Evidence? You mean as in a crime?
1: (laughs) Well, there's the famous Kyle Cronenberg example. It's not one I've heard of. Well, it's notorious in publishing circles. OK, explain. Kyle Cronenberg was arrested in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 2002 for stealing a simple hacksaw from a local hardware store. That led to his property being searched by police, seeking the killer... Of four local tree surgeons.
0: Wait, I think I remember something about
1: that. Yes, he is the notorious Pennsylvania
0: tree surgeon killer. But do you know how he was caught? Um, no, though I've often wondered why Netflix haven't made a documentary series to explain it.
1: <laughs> they will, don't you worry. The key, though, was Kyle's literary pretensions. Really? Yeah kyle had hundreds of notebooks filled with notes for stories and novels and screenplays all of them about killing tree surgeons his range of ideas um wasn't very broad the problem was that all those notebooks didn't reveal any hard evidence of actual murders it was all purely circumstantial his lawyer had argued that kyle had written his notes after the murders were reported on tv the cops could not link kyle himself to any of the victims and crucially The victim's bodies had not been found. But then one of the detectives, Cora Bendinelli, had a brainwave. She contacted a literary agent in New York and persuaded him to pretend to offer Kyle a book contract. That's creative. It's very creative. So the agent contacts Kyle, offers him a chance to get a huge advance from a publisher for a book about his life and his experiences as an innocent caught up in a strange serial killer story. I see. Flattering his ego as well as underpinning his claim of innocence. Good psychology on Bendinelli's part. So Kyle starts scribbling in his prison cell and amazingly produces 30,000 words in just three weeks. It's a short book. Then, Bendinelli tells the agent to insist on an acknowledgements page. So, Kyle spends a whole week on that. And? And when the manuscript comes in, bingo. Here, I'll read it to you. I managed to get a copy. Cora and I are pretty close. So, here are Kyle Cronenberg's acknowledgements. I want to thank Detective Cora Bendinelli for inspiring this book. My agent, Rick Belton, whose foresight and forbearance – there you see, forbearance – helped me keep focused on the task in hand. I want to thank my mother, Deirdre Cronenberg, who never complained when she found my animal experiments in the sink or worried about how many of our cats died in mysterious circumstances. I must mention Doogie Chester. I'm sorry our little game turned out bad – But if you'd told me you couldn't swim, things would have been okay. And thank you to Horace Pine. You were so sweet and died real quick on Chapter Road. I chose a fine oak to bury you under. Thank you, Dr Cheeseman. Your insights into tree surgery helped me perfect my technique and your love of the flowering dogwood in Casper Park was the perfect place to bury your heart. I don't believe it. (laughs) It's strange what a set of acknowledgements can do to the psyche of a psychopath. He suddenly wanted to thank people for his skill in evading detection, only to incriminate himself.
0: It's almost a story itself.
1: The acknowledgements, I mean. That's my big point. If you look hard enough, you'll find a story in some acknowledgements. Naturally, the Kyle Cronenberg example is an outlier, but in many books you can find sometimes quite touching stories. And that's what I want to end on. I read an academic book not so long ago on the very dry subject of the history of office automation. You know, the history of everything we take for granted in an office, from staplers to hole punchers to AI-powered systems for remote working. But hidden right at the back, just before the bibliography, was this. C- can, I, can I read it to you? Please do. OK, well, the author's name is Gerald Pinckney, and these are his acknowledgements. This book fulfilled a promise I made to Lydia. She said I must write it not so I could dedicate it to her memory, but to prove that life is worth living, even when our best laid plans are derailed by fate. It was fate that brought Lydia and I together, but not fate which separated us way too early. That was just life, and life works in ways which we cannot calculate to any degree of certainty. So I want to thank Lydia for inspiring me to stick to my interests and follow my instincts. My first instinct was correct. Lydia, you were and are my life. I want to thank Bert Caldwell, who, that morning in Luigi's Cafe on Mortimer Street, stopped me from running into the traffic. It would have done no good anyway. You were right, Bart, and you were also right that the world did not need my book, but I did. If I did, then there would be someone out there who did too. And if Bart hadn't kept insisting on meeting each morning for fresh croissants and Luigi's cheesy Italian love songs, I wouldn't have met Bella and understood that every chapter has to come to a natural conclusion so that a new chapter can start. And new chapters refresh not only the reader, but the writer and the person living the story too. I want to thank my brother Connor whose understanding and patience helped me reconcile my conflicting emotions about moving on in my life, as well as finishing this book, which was a major factor in moving on in my life. His advice led me to fulfil Lydia's wish to have her ashes cast into the cold Bergen wind at the place where we spent a rain-soaked afternoon trying to emulate the great Scandinavian artists she so admired and studied. If it takes a lifetime, I will make sure that your thesis, Lydia, becomes the illustrated volume you dreamt of. Bella was there, and Bella is here. And it was Bella who found Alice Bennett, my wonderful agent. She said, of course there's a market for a book about office automation, and I will find a home for it. And she did. And I want to thank Carl Grimes, who published this book. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Bella. Bart. Alice and Carl, this book has harnessed the energy of not just hope, but grief too, and made it into something positive and fulfilling, which is what Lydia would have wanted. She will live forever.
0: Well, that's beautiful and touching. Thank you, Kent. I promise to always read the acknowledgements because you never know where life's gems are hidden. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that's the end of this episode of the South MIMS U podcast. If you're a budding writer, make the most of your acknowledgements. And if you're a reader, don't skip them. You might just be skipping something strange or beautiful. Goodbye.